0: But in Ephesians chapter 2, you know, we did it again this week as we have been, just our time in communion is an example of by grace through faith. So Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 8, which has become our text, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we have been talking about how, as we do communion every week is a bit of an example, that grace is everything provided for you by what Jesus did. And faith is simply your positive response to what Jesus has already done. Amen. Yes. You know, again we, again, we were away this weekend. And I might weave in and out of what we're talking about today some of the things that the Lord spoke to me because I want y'all to be aware of that, but I, I'm just <clears throat> seeking the Lord on how to land the plane, right? Y'all hear me talk, I always want to follow his voice on which way to go. Um, but you know, when we were when we were away, something that stood out to me, and I posted it on Facebook if you follow us at all, and I said, you know, it's not about coming to faith so we can believe God for more. It's coming to faith to understand what all has been given to us by Jesus more. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Because many times people are coming to God in an attempt to get more from God. Does that make sense? But what we're talking about is persuading our hearts to understand more all that has already been given to us by God. Mm -hmm. Again, if you go in 1 Corinthians the first chapter or the second chapter. First Corinthians, the second chapter. Here's one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit. And I'll start in verse seven, it says, but we speak, speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory which none of the rulers of this age knew for had they have known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory Can I, start? I love that verse do you understand that if the devil and his cohorts had known all that Jesus was going to accomplish they would have never touched him in this one verse right here if they had known all that he was going to accomplish they would have just let Jesus alone that I mean, you know why the devil killed Jesus? Because he was stupid. <laughs> right? He was ignorant, right? You know, But, but if he had known, if the rulers of this age had known, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. How many of you love him? Mm-hmm. Who's here that loves you? you? Can raise your hand and say, I love, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Yes. Amen. I love God. Yes. Amen. If you love him, he says it's going to be really hard for you to wrap your mind around all the stuff he's done for you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really hard. You, you, it doesn't say you can't. It doesn't say you won't be able to. He just says nobody's really seen it all yet. Nobody's really ever heard it all yet. Remember, we've been talking about the too good to be true news.
1: Yes, that's
0: right. Right? Can, how forgiven are you? 100%. According to Paul, more than you've even thought or imagined yet. Wow. <laughs> Does that, how righteous are you? More than you, you're you believing at this moment. How, come on now. How, how healed are you? More than you have, have heard, more than you have seen. How prospered are you? Right? Now here's a big one. How much already in the will of God are you? Come on now, are you with me? Say, so and I talked a little bit about this on our trip away because it's still sometimes a struggle for people. Right? Remember, I'm getting more and more convinced that the, the perfect, good, and acceptable will of God is a person, not, more, not a place. Hello? Right? Jesus Christ, He is the perfect, acceptable, and good will of God. To be found in Him is to be found in the perfect will of God. Yeah, that's good. It'll, it'll change you. Because there's even once we get born again and come into Christ a little bit, I see people on this great quest for the will of God. Right? But they seek it because they feel like if I don't get there, then I won't be in that perfect place because right, y'all, y'all, all good church folks. Because what happens in the if you're in the perfect will of God, what happens if you're in the perfect will of God? You're blessed. What else? Huh? We're blessed. We're blessed. You're blessed. All by me. You're so. You're safe. Everybody heard. Everybody say that before. Where's the safest place in the world? It sounds
1: people associated
0: with God. Yeah. you Yeah. You'll, you'll be more pleasing to God. <laughs> does that make sense so you look at this kind of stuff but remember we were talking about that but grace is everything God has done for you Jesus fulfilled the perfect will of God he's the only one that could come on now Jesus never made a mistake never got out of step never was late never was too early Right, that's why you he heard in Jesus' life, he kept telling people, "No, not right now." No, yep, no, no, not right now. We're going to do that in a little bit. No, no, no. And Jesus just perfectly heard and followed and lockstep with God. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yes. You know why he did that? For me. For me. Yes. Because how many of you you're like me? You might have missed it every now and then along the way.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe you got too fast or you got too slow. Maybe you made a bad decision. Even with the best of intentions. Yes. Come on, are you with yes, me?
1: Yeah.
0: Aren't you glad that there was Jesus in his grace that he completed the perfect will of God? So that I can be inside of His him, which is the perfect will of God. So now I'm free to go out and yes, there'll be things that he'll lead me to do. There'll be things he will inspire me to accomplish. Yes, I'm not saying he doesn't have a plan for your life. He does. But I can only fulfill that plan because I'm in him. Do do y'all see this, right? This is one of the things, again, that the Lord showed us on this trip, right? More and more. That all I has not seen. Again, church, you don't know how much you are because of Jesus in the perfect will of God. Amen. Right? Hallelujah. Cuz aren't you glad Jesus said, "And this is eternal life, that you will know him and the one that he sent." Aren't you glad he didn't say, "And this is eternal life, you'll you'll get it all right." You 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 do everything you're supposed to do and accomplish all of it that's there. Does that make sense? Eternal life is is because I know him. I know grace hallelujah amen No, let's keep reading right some of y'all look like you don't believe me amen eyes not seen nor has ear heard nor has it even entered into the heart or the mind of man the things which god has prepared for those that love him but god has revealed them to us through his spirit hallelujah For the Spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man that is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Amen. Verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. That you might know the things that have been freely given to you. by. See, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you and show you everything that Jesus in his grace has provided for you. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad about that? Yes. He's going to show it to you. And, and I can't remember where, but in one of Paul's other letters, he talks about it and he's repeating the same kind of thought. That God is going to show you who you are and what he's done for you. And hey, and don't worry if in any way, Paul says, you think something different, he'll show you where you're thinking different. (laughs) Aren't you glad? Guys, listen to me. He is going to show you. He is going to reveal to you the depth of what his grace has provided for you. He's going to show it. you, you can, that is God, one of God's promises. I, by my spirit, I will show you how far I have gone for you. What all I have done for you. And hey, newsflash, and it's going to fry your little fritter, as Alder says. Right? It, it, it's going to be, you're going to look at it sometimes and go, oh, that's too much. That, could, that can't be wow it's that far but he's still going to show you it's that much amen it's that far Because you, we don't fully always know because of how much again how much we actually please him how pleased he is with you right how much he cares about you amen but he'll show you but now it's about will you respond to that when he shows you or will you talk yourself out of it does that make sense will you respond and say okay God remember Mary and we've talked about that before remember Mary when she was before Jesus and angel Gabriel comes and Gabriel says blessed are you what does he say he did, but he said, Blessed are you among all women. But you know what? Can you imagine what Gabriel said? Gabriel comes down and says, Hey, listen, I don't know how many people on, on the planet back in Mary's day. You know, let's just make up a number. Let's say there was a billion people. I don't know how many there were, but we'll just throw that number out there. All right. So let's say there's a billion people on the planet back in Mary's day. And Gabriel comes down and says, Of all the women in all the world, God picked you. <laughs> Does that make sense? God said, blessed are you of all other people. A teenager. a teenager. She was. She was probably 13 to 15. Mm-hmm. Right? Of all the people in all the world, I chose you, Mary. And in that
1: time. So even out
0: of all of us. Even out of all of us. So out of 7 billion. Out of 7 billion in and that and time. And more.
1: It's like, not just in that moment, but also uh, for All, all time. time. That's and a good point, to too
0: had to be at the right time right? but listen but God said I chose you blessed are you above all other people because this is what I'm going to do for you you're going to carry my son you'll call his name Jesus this is what he'll do right and Mary started a process that many of us do we hear how good God is and if we're not careful we'll try to talk God out of it how can this be let me tell you why this can't be. Let me tell you why, God, I'm not the right person. <laughs> now, come on, how many of you have been like Mary sometimes? Right, well, let me, God, like, you know, God, I'm from Alabama, God. You know, I'm from Alabama, right? I don't even have a college education, Right. I don't have this. I don't have one. Let me tell you why you can't. Let me give you another reason why I don't think this is a good idea.
1: So you need to ask for discernment, though, because you still need to have wisdom of where you should or shouldn't.
0: Well, again, well, here's the, I agree, but when God shows up in your life, Kurt, and again, through Scripture and then later by His Spirit, and says, Kurt, I have blessed you. I have prospered you again you can read Ephesians chapter 1 where God says he says I have blessed you I have accepted you I have given you an inheritance right I've adopted you I've forgiven you I can and God tells us all this this is what I'm going to do right and yes we need to discern on a certain thing we might talk about that another time but I'm talking about when you can clearly look or you can clearly discern by the Spirit when the Spirit says this, and you know, oh, I know God is talking to me about this. That's what, again, because remember in our little story we're using as an, there's Mary, and she's talking literally to Gabriel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> right? Now, remember the last guy, I mean, it's so funny read, read the Christmas story because there's Zechariah that was John the Baptist's daddy, right? And Gabriel appears to Zechariah and gives him some good news. Hey, Zechariah, good news. Y'all have been barren, haven't been able to have kids. You're going to have a son. You're going to call him John. He's going to be the one that was prophesied by Malachi. He'll be uh, the voice of Elijah. Come. And Zechariah starts to talk, laughs and starts to talk himself out of it. Well, how can that be? (laughs) Isn't it interesting? Angels standing right there. And, and apparently, and I love how it's a difference, you know, for us men, we need to be careful. Because um, God's a little bit rougher on us than he is the ladies. Right? Because you look at these two stories, right? So so Gabriel looks at Zachariah and goes, oh, you going to doubt me, are you, big boy? All right, well, good. You won't talk for nine months. The next time you open your mouth and say something, it'll be when you're holding John the Baptist in your hands. So put that in your little pipe and smoke it. And quit trying to talk God out of stuff. And it says he came out and he was mute. And they had to hand him a tablet. And he was writing for nine months. Until John was born and his his voice opened up again. But to Mary, Mary has this and God's a little bit more gentle. (laughs) He just has this conversation. But I love Mary's finally Mary responded in faith. Okay God. I may not understand it. I may not get how this is going to happen. But do it to me according to your word. Yes?
1: Um, I've heard it taught that Mary asked like a question.
0: Like, yeah. How? how? Not that, you know, how, like, yeah. Black matter, I guess, was the difference. She was like, how, being that I know no man. I haven't, yeah. And that, might, hey, and I'll give you that. I love that. Either way, some you know, sometimes, again, sometimes we try to talk God out of things logically. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes we. Try to talk God out of things in doubt. Either one, sometimes we do it innocently, maybe like a marrying. Well, I don't know how this is going to happen because I've never had sex with a man before, so how am I supposed to be having a baby? Right? And it makes logical sense to ask that question. But we're still trying to talk ourselves out of what God said. It could have been, yeah. And that's a good that's a good point, Tabitha. That's a good point. I mean, it probably is a difference between <laughs> that's true I, I like it, I like it So, but either way though do you see that but we all can fall prey to that
1: that's good because we do get like, how,
0: how? and remember faith's response faith's positive response is to say okay God I, I see you talking to me and again I see you talking to me through the Bible, through your word I hear you or I see you talking to me via the Holy Spirit in my spirit. Right? I can acknowledge this is from you. I'm not going to talk myself out of it. And the last thing we say is are you sure this is what we're going (laughs) to (laughs) do? And sometimes it is isn't it Ms. Eloise? We say are you sure of God? Right? Listen faith as we come and I want to build on this because guys this is this is what we're talking about, being persuaded. Being persuaded is this. Okay, God, I acknowledge and I see what you're saying. I yield. I may not understand it. I may not know how. I mean, what's it? I
1: may not
0: know how. You know, I say, I may not know when. Right? I may not know how. I may not I may not get it, but Lord, I can see it, persuade me. I yield do it unto me according to your word does, does that help but, but I want to talk about this with a little bit of time that's there believe it or not that's all free I had nothing <laughs> to do with anything we were going to talk about this morning but it's still good uh, that was all free um, but I want to talk to you a little bit about why it's important that we go through this process of persuasion right there is a side of persuasion that, yes, you will receive personal benefit from your faith. Yes. Everybody look at me and shake your head that you understood what I just said. Will you receive personal benefit from your faith? Yes. Right. Will, you know, if you will allow yourself to be fully persuaded just how saved you are, how much he has forgiven you from your sins, will that benefit you? Yes, yes it will. Will that set you free in this life? Will that help you come to the reality that, that from this day forward, for the rest of your life on this planet, you'll never have to sin ever again? Amen. Come on. That, that, is, that is the bar. That's what's there for all of us. Right? And so that's there. That'll benefit you. How about, you know, will you benefit from healing? If, if, if you will allow yourself to be persuaded that he carried your every pain, your every disease, your every sickness, and he took them from you because he loves you and you'll receive that, will that benefit you? Yes. Come on now, i got some of you are there. I mean, I should just say everybody's head going up and down like this. That will benefit you. How about for prosperity? Yes. Understanding and believing that God will provide for you and not cheaply. Remember, he is El Shaddai, not El Cheapo. Right? <laughs> You know what I mean. He will provide for you abundantly, above and exceedingly. Mm-hmm. He will bless you. Thank you. Yes. Would you believe that? Yes. Amen. Yes. Will that bless you? Yes. yes. But do you understand that it's not just for you? Why? Why should we pursue? And we talked about it a little bit last week. Closing that gap of persuasion. Coming to the gospel and saying, Lord, tell me the gospel one more time. Again, coming to the Holy Spirit and saying, Holy Spirit, today reveal to me again, show me again what has been freely given to me in Jesus Christ. Come, tell me again. Remember we talked about David a lot last week. Okay, tell me one more time. What what did the king say he was going to do for the man who killed the giant? He's going to get the gold, the girl, and tax free. I like that. I want to hear it again. Mm-hmm. But remember our faith, our true reason why we pursue a full heart of persuasion is for other people. Go, go with me at this internet Go to Philemon. Philemon, it's after Titus, right? Right before Hebrews, Hebrews, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, little Philemon, right? Everybody understand one of my favorite little books in the New Testament? Y'all understand what the book of Philemon was written about? Anybody know the backstory of Philemon? You want some fun backstory on Philemon, it helps you? Okay, so Philemon is a man who was a rich Christian. So he was like a landowner, he was wealthy. Alright, I'm going to throw it out there not trying to be political but y'all think Donald Trump so you're talking about someone who is influential wealthy Philemon that's him right so Philemon has a slave everybody says slave Slave. everybody say slave. slave so he has a slave named Onesimus and as you read the story the slave Onesimus runs away from his master Philemon he's a runaway slave somewhere seriously and somewhere in his journey as he is fleeing his master Philemon and he is seeking freedom he Onesimus runs into Paul mm-hmm. runs into Paul and gets saved receives Jesus and then Paul does a brain bender for us especially in North America he says you need to go back to your master <laughs> You need, like, you need to go back to slavery. Isn't that not? It's a, know, it, like. It, it, it's a, like I said, it's a brain bender for us, right? I say that because, listen to me, guys, we make too much out of being at the right place, at the right time, with the right circumstances, with the right freedoms, with the right stuff. Come on. Many, many times we have to be careful. Our persuasion is in the right place at the right time with the right freedoms. It's not in God. Because God can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think, even in the midst of slavery. Now, please hear me. I am not proponing slavery. Okay, I got to do all my little. Uh, what the public service and that my disclaimers right I'm not proponing slavery I'm not saying slavery is good I'm not saying we should reinstitute slavery I'm not saying any of those things and neither was Paul.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Paul was just saying you need to go back. You're running for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And so he goes, so this whole letter of Philemon is Paul writing to Philemon who, by the way, Philemon was one of Paul's disciples. And he's basically saying, hey, take Onesimus back. He's now a brother. Don't treat him poorly because of what he's done. Actually bless him. Take care of him. He's coming back to you more valuable than he left. Because he's coming back to you as a brother more than a slave does that make sense again i think it's good for us to realize that because again i've seen so many people that because of whatever circumstances happening in their life they believe they can or they can't whatever does that make sense so anyway so here famous thing it says so i thank my god paul in verse four i thank my god making mention of you always in my prayers Look, now listen, he's talking to Philemon. Listen to verse 5. Hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus, and where else? Toward all the saints. Love and faith toward Jesus and the saints. Why is it important that your faith is strong? so that you can have love and faith toward God and toward each other. Does that make sense? Let me unpack this a little bit. Do you understand that there will be times when the people God gives to you, right, do you understand that God will give you people? Some of y'all do. Y'all understand? Do you understand that God will give you people? Now, how do we know this? Uh, Look around. Uh, There's Selena, Mm -hmm. right? Now, we chose each other, but God gave her to me. Mm -hmm. He led our paths together, right? He, He led us to go to the Bible school at the same time, at the same place. So, providentially, God brought us, I believe, together, and we found one another. And again... Don't believe there, and for all my single people, I don't believe there's there's no such thing as soulmates in God. Okay. Soulmates is a myth. <laughs> there is not a special one. There is not this holy. There was, when I met her at Bible school, there was no shaft of light that came out of the ceiling, and no angels went, ah. Oh. I looked at her and I said, Man, she's cute. That's what, I, that's what happened. And then later I looked at her and said, I want her. And so I put all of my hunting practices from Alabama into place, and, and now I realized I could have probably gone to jail, because I probably what I did would be called stalking. I called it observation, right? I just happened to notice her routines and her schedules, and I just happened to place myself in convenient locations where we could bump into one another, right? Oh, look, there, I, there you are again, surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> down the road there come a point where we chose one another but God gave her to me right. Right? Well, then we chose to have children right now again God didn't force us to have kids we chose to have kids but God gave us kids see God is in the habit of giving people to people we see that in family that's why God talking about Jesus and his church united the example with marriage and family That's why the language of the church is familial language. Father, brother, sister, husband, wife. He's wanting us to understand that God will give you people. That's why Paul says of the people that he ministered to, you are my son in the faith. That's why he tells the one group of people, hey, you have many teachers, but you do not have many fathers. Does that make sense? He's saying God is in the habit of giving us people. God will tie you to people. And your faith will be toward them. Now, y'all look at me kind of funny. Go to Matthew chapter 8. And Lord, help me with this. I hope this is helpful. Today, I really wanted to make sure we're establishing a foundation of why we're talking so much about the response of faith that it's yes please hear me yes it is a blessing to believe God and partake of the things that he did personally for us but I wanted to make sure we understood that having strong faith is more about the people God will give you than yourself does that make sense some of y'all can be at me kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Does that not make sense? Let me ask it that I'm way. I'm trying
1: to listen. Like, what do you mean by
0: my faith is for... Like, I guess, practically, what is that mean? Well, let's look at that. Let's see if this, this story doesn't help. Very famous story. John, Matthew chapter 8. If I'm looking at this right. We're going to look at verse 5. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him. Now, it's interesting, if you read Luke's version of this, and you should, the centurion didn't actually come. When you read Luke's version, Luke tells us that the centurion sent servants from him. Jesus, so you put these together, so the centurion came, but not physically, as it might read here. But for the sake of example, I chose this version because it makes it a little bit more personal. Does that make sense? I just don't want nobody to go home and read this later and go, Brad said something weird. Does that make sense? But you look at it. So the centurion came to him, pleading with him, and said, Lord, my servant is lying home paralyzed and dreadfully tormented. So the centurion came for who? His servant. His servant. Who did he come to? Jesus. Jesus. So Jesus is approached by a centurion who is coming not on the centurion's behalf, but on someone else's behalf.
1: Well, would it kind of be like Mount Navi? <laughs> uh-huh. You know, it's like if Mary sent somebody to go help yes. her butler. Or yes. Yes, like that's that.
0: exactly right. Because
1: he actually took care of her more than like her actual family did. So.
0: Well, some of it, yeah, he cared. So again, the centurion cared for this person. I would say the centurion loved this person. The centurion wasn't treating this servant as some, you know, like some random, I don't know, like animal. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, if he, if he dies, we'll just get another one. Right, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So there was some care, there was some love. Again, remember, and we just read that back in Philemon, when Paul says to Philemon, remember I heard of your love and your faith. For the saints, now you're getting a little bit ahead of where we need to go. No, which is good, but you're good because remember, what makes faith work? Paul told us, faith works by love. Not, not to go meddling and getting off. You know why some people's faith is not working? It's because it's not born from love. It's born from selfishness. Remember James said that. Jesus' little brother. James in his book says, You do not have what you ask for because you are asking amiss. Because you are asking to spend it on your own selfish desire. So sometimes when we see people not receiving what they want from, from faith or from the Lord, we have to help see is this born from love right or is this born out of selfishness does that make sense and again and please hear me no condemnation we're not picking on nobody we just want to help folk you want to help the people that god is going to give to you does that does that make sense uh, again we're going to back I won't leave you abandoned with the centurion but uh, Paul is another great example one of my favorite little phrases especially in the old King James in Philippians chapter 2 Paul talks about he's imprisoned right how many of you think that's a bad thing oh, come on y'all play with me y'all all right this morning how many of y'all think going to prison would be bad yes. Yes. especially in the Roman Empire
1: yes.
0: We're not talking about prison today, where there's there's cable in a workout room and all this kind of We're stuff. We're talking about enough Prison, mm-hmm. right? Where you you go there and, and you are in prison, prison, right? So Paul is in prison, and he says, "Man," and, and put this back in my He's in prison under a death sentence. Mm-hmm. We are going to kill you because of what you believe. How many of you think that does not sound good? Right? Yeah. How many of you, you would volunteer? You yeah. would want to be in that place. I want to join. You know, nobody. I want to join Paul's ministry. This sounds so exciting.
1: <laughs> right?
0: To live under constant threat <coughs> of death. Right? And so he's, <laughs> he's there. So Paul is in prison. He's there. He's writing the Philippians. And he says, man. in the old King James, my favorite phrase in the New Testament, he says, I'm in a strait betwixt two. Basically, we're saying go to Alabama English. Man, I'm in between a rock and a hard place. Mm i got a tough decision to make. I can either die right now and go and be with Christ. And then Paul uses this interesting, which is far better or more better (laughs) or I can use my faith and get out of this prison for you. Either way, Paul said, I can activate my faith and I can face the executioner or I can activate my faith and I can get out of prison for you. And he goes, man, that's a tough decision because it's far better to die. It's far better to go where we're going. He didn't know he wasn't saying a will thing he said it was my choice. that's why it was he was a straight betwixt two. But Paul made an unselfish choice that sounds weird to us. He says, but for you I will exercise my faith and see myself liberated because it's needful for you. Do you see how Paul Paul used his faith, to get himself out of what we would look at as a horrible position not for his benefit right. but for the benefit of someone else yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. does it, you understand, why does God want us to strengthen our faith to be fully persuaded on the promises of God you will benefit from them but the higher goal is so that you can be the centurion Let's keep reading the story here in Matthew, right? So he says, Jesus says to the centurion or to his thing, he says, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said to Jesus, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. Only speak the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority and I have soldiers under me. And I know that if I say to this one, go, he will go. And if I say to another one, come, he will come. And if I say to my servant, do this, he will do the thing. And so when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuringly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel. Now again, I believe very contextually the great faith Jesus was talking about was his security of what Jesus would do. The great faith was, Jesus, you don't even have to show up. you You just say the word and it'll be done. I understand who you are. I'm just like you. I'm under authority from Rome. You're under authority from God our Father. So all you have to do is say it and it's done. Don't bother yourself. Just, just, it's good. But also part of that, part of that great faith is he wasn't doing it for himself. Come on now. Are you with me? Was the centurion believing for himself? who was the centurion believing for his servant. his servant? so part of not the whole not get not the totality of but part of Jesus's comment about wow, there's some great faith. here's somebody who's not asking for themselves. look at me real strange this point. I know I know it's odd because we normally only hear faith, and the subject of faith talked about how am I going to get my needs met? I think it's
1: because
0: our culture is so steeped in materialism. That's true. That's true. No, and, and you're right. So there's so much of our culture that is self-centered and selfish that it becomes about. Now, please hear me. I'm, I'm not saying that God won't take care of you. Or that you can't have faith for your own needs. Y'all hear me say that? I'm simply saying, I think there's a higher level. Do you
1: think it's easier to believe for a person? Is
0: that what you're saying? I don't know. If I'm saying it's easier to believe for a person. I don't think God cares about ease or difficulty. Mm-hmm. Faith is not about easy or hard. That's so awesome. <laughs> we well, we make faith about easier hard. Mm-hmm. Faith it's is. Safe. It's a a more, how do you say, a higher purpose of faith. A higher target for faith. See, guys, listen to me. If I can say this, I would love myself. Let me just speak about brand. Can I just talk about me? I'm not going to talk about you. Can I not talk? I'm going to talk about me. I'm just going to talk, talk about me. I want to get me to the place where I am so persuaded that God's got me. That I don't think about me anymore, Mm -hmm. huh? That's exactly right. That's why he gave us the promises to begin with. That's why Jesus said what he said repeatedly about: don't worry about tomorrow, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live, what's going to go on. The Father knows you have need of those things, and He's already got that covered. You do what? What do we seek? Okay, come on now. What do we seek first? The kingdom. And and so, what is the kingdom?
1: Righteousness, peace, and joy
0: in the Holy Ghost. That absolutely a good New Testament definition of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, which are only found in people. You don't find righteousness somewhere else. Where do we find Where will you see righteousness? In somebody. Where will you discover true joy? In somebody. Where will you find true peace? In somebody. In somebody. That's why you know we talk about it all the time, Audrey. When he said when Paul talks about the people that he was ministering to, he said, You are my joy and my crown. Yeah. Do you see all this kind of stuff? See, the kingdom of God is people. The kingdom of God is not territory. oh mm-hmm. yeah. okay, can I be real man? I'm gonna meddle just because it's just so fun to do. Right? <laughs> it's just, can I meddle? The kingdom of God is not a national state. Be it Israel or the United States. The kingdom of God is not geopolitical nor geographical. (laughs) Come on now. Do you understand? Why does God love the state of Alabama so much? Because there's people in it if we emptied the state of Alabama of every human being, <laughs> I don't think God would care too much. Mm-hmm. He would go to where the people are. Do you, do you see the difference? Yeah. yeah. Does this? It, it's the focus of faith. The focus of faith is for others. That I am so persuaded, that I am so faith-filled, that I am so faithful, that I am so grounded in my faith for you. This is our expanding our heart. This is a big piece of expanding our heart. Does that make sense? Because I am believing God because we were talking and, I, and I'll tell you where this came from and I'm going to try to see if we can get the copy of uh, and so, again, I'm running out of time. So there's so much I want to say this morning. So cool. But, um, you know, we, we were out at Andrew Womack's ministry. For those of you that don't know, we were away this week. We were out at Andrew Womack's ministry. Selene and I, for the past four years, have been a part of his ministerial association, which is called ARMI. Army. It stands for Association of Related Ministers or Ministries International. i got to throw the international in there. It's a, but it's Army, right? So over the last two years, they have asked Selena and I to be state directors, for lack of a better term, of the state of Tennessee. Pastor Mark, who is our founding pastor for Life of Faith as an organization, he is the state director for Alabama. So pretty cool that our church family covers two of the southeast states. I think that's very, very cool. Right, but this last conference we were there as part of the leadership of the state directors to just talk about vision and to do stuff. Right, but I say all this to say kind of set you up where we were. We were at lunch, and many of you who made anybody follow Andrew womack's Ministry. Does anybody here that does? Alicia does. Anybody else? Kind of a few people do. So, have you heard of a man by the name of Barry Bennett? Anybody ever heard of Barry Bennett? So anyway, for those who haven't, Barry Bennett is one of the teachers there at Karis, which is the Bible school that Brother Andrew's ministry started. Uh, So Brother Barry uh, has been one of the great teachers. We've had him at the Irondale campus a few years ago. And he truly is, and this is no uh, he's one of the better Bible teachers I've ever heard and saying a bunch of stuff that he does. I really like the way he thinks and the way he communicates um, and stuff. So Brother Barry is there. Well, Brother Barry last year Uh, kind of tell you the story Brother Barry was there, he was teaching at Karis and a doctor saw, somebody saw him, somehow a doctor saw him whether he went to the doctor or something was up, I, I don't remember but somehow a doctor visibly looked at him and then checked him and said do not go home, go straight to the emergency room I'm calling, I'll be there as fast as I can Barry goes to the emergency room. They admit him immediately and discover that he has advanced cancer. And if he hadn't come that day, he would have died. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, the funny part about this is is he had just released a book called He Healed Them All. all. (laughs) So Brother Barry literally writes a book. We were just at the conference where he had Release the book publicly he healed them all and then the guy that writes the he healed them all book is told get your stuff together you're going to die and it set Brother Barry on a, on a pretty radical journey right I love him and my, my favorite thing was is in the middle of this because they, they, they operate on him he starts to go through chemo he's doing some stuff and um, and he was there and he, he said his wife hands him his book and says, I think you wrote this for you. <laughs> Read your own book. Yeah. 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 Remember what we talked about last week? Sometimes we all, everybody say all, all. need to hear the gospel one more time.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. Tell me, the, what did Jesus do? Yeah. Tell me one more time. But this is what stood out to me and why I wanted to share this with you guys today. But we had lunch with Brother Barry and he, he's completely healed now yes. all good he says he's going today or no tomorrow he's going and doing another little pap scan just making sure just kind of the follow up stuff but we were talking with him at the table this last week at lunch and Pastor Mark says well what are some of the stuff that you learned like as you've gone through this journey what's some of the, one, the things he goes and this is a part I want to say this he says I didn't realize that every now and then we need a centurion we need somebody yes. he says because there was times I'm there and, and, and I'm on drugs and I'm on chemo and I'm hurting and he says and there was no room to believe not that I was doubting but I was just out of it yeah, tired. And, and tired and there was no place and he says one of the greatest things I learned in all of this was is how much faith needs compassion And and why it's so important to believe is because sometimes you're the centurion. You're approaching Jesus and believing on behalf of another. And people can come and, like the other story of the man who his friends let him down through the roof. Sometimes we're the friend. And we need to be strong in our faith because sometimes we're letting someone down. We're remind- Does this? Yes. See, that's great faith. Yes. That my faith can be strong enough that when you need it, you can lean on it. When you need it, you can come and say, believe, and I'll, yes, with me, but can you, can you believe for me? Not because I don't believe, but because I'm tired. And because I've been fighting. And I've been standing. And I need somebody to believe for me. Not because you're giving up, but because that's the cry of great faith. Does does this make sense? The the reason why we want our faith to be strong is so that that people can come and and we can be at that time Mm -hmm. for them. Is that. Absolutely. We all face challenges. That's right. I need someone to believe. Guys, so listen, when we talk about this, and as we're going to take the time to talk about, and I'm going to persuading your heart, why is it important to hear the gospel again? Why is it important to be very introspective with ourselves? And like we've been saying, and be like that paralytic uh, boy's father who says, Lord, I believe. Now help me where I'm not persuaded. Help my unbelief. Remember, we're just saying unbelief is just not being persuaded. Right? So, Lord, I believe. There's a le- I have a level of persuasion, but I know that in me that there's levels where I need my persuasion to grow and I need to get stronger in my persuasion. Not because I don't have faith. I believe. I just need my persuasion to be stronger. Does that, does that make sense? So, so I'm going to say, Lord, I believe. Now help my persuasion get stronger. Where my, pers- my persuasion is weak, strengthen me. Why? Because I, I, want, to be so, I want to be someone sitting there. Right? I want to be someone that when needed, I can let somebody down through the roof. I like what Pastor Dusty used to say when he was with us. If I can go to somebody and say, Hey, listen, can you at least just kick your heart in neutral and let my faith push you? Yes. Right. Don't fight me. Yes. At least kick your heart up into neutral. If you can't believe for yourself, if, you're, if whatever's going on, kick your heart up into neutral while we strengthen your faith, but I'm going to push you. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push you towards the promise. I'm going to push you into the, to the, to the things of God. Does that make sense? Because in every story of healing, that we see about Jesus, somebody was believing. Like here, it was the centurion. It, it drops on down, and it says, Well, maybe it's in the other version where he looks at the centurion and says, Oh no, it's in here in two, in verse 13. So Jesus says to the, to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done unto you. Who believed? The, the servant didn't believe the centurion believed right. who got healed though the servant. The servant. and it says and he went on home and, so when servant, and his servant was healed at that very same hour that same moment mm-hmm. that the centurion believed the servant was healed mm-hmm. right so you see but somewhere in there this way, but in other cases you know like the pool of Siloam Jesus just walked up on that man but who believed in that one? Jesus. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus walked up and said, "I'm going to heal you," because yeah. yeah. sure. <laughs> Jesus believed. Out of, Out of all those people there, and again, and I—we can go into all this kind of stuff. I don't know why. I mean, I, one of those curious backstories I would love to ask when I get to heaven, right? Is to go, "Okay, so why that dude?" I mean, there's a whole. There's a whole porch. There's a whole porch. You could have healed everybody. Uh, To me, that's more bang for your buck, right? Jesus, you show up and empty this place out. You know what I mean? But for whatever reason, scripture doesn't choose to tell us why, but Jesus specifically went to a specific person, specifically knew about his situation, talked to him specifically, and healed him specifically because Jesus did that. You know, sometimes I believe that will happen to us. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, now again, you're like Sophia there, Miss Teresa. You're jumping ahead of me now. You're getting in, into next week, maybe. That is our next time I talk is, is is this is something that I walked away with talking from Brother Barry this week. Is he said, "Why is it that again amongst our circles of people who believe?" that our first response to people isn't compassion that, that many times when people come to us because he said that happened to him people find out that the, the faith teacher is sick with cancer and their first response wasn't one of compassion it was well, aren't you believing aren't you strong enough Yes. So when they turn around and they're having issues,
1: like, well, now. Well, and again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I shared that because I actually was, when it happened, that's exactly what I thought because he had taught something previously, and I guess I was pricked. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't really like him right now. <laughs> so when that happened, I was like, really? Yeah. I wasn't
0: uh, hoping anything bad on him. Yeah, no.
1: I come to my
0: mind. <laughs> well and it does and, and, but, and he said that's one of the lessons he learned is Jesus is again when we all say this Jesus was probably pretty rock solid in his persuasion <laughs> would we imagine yeah. you think Jesus had much doubt going on not saying he wasn't tempted to because it says he was tempted in all ways like we were so not saying that he didn't have opportunity mm-hmm. to doubt but I'm pretty sure Jesus was fairly rock solid in his persuasion and isn't it interesting, as, as Ms. Mary said, isn't it interesting that our, Ms. Teresa I'm sorry, Ms. Yelp, said that um, his primary response was compassion. When he saw people, his primary response was compassion. And that, again, what does faith work by? Love. An expression. One of the chief expressions of love is compassion. And, and again, so we can define compassion. Compassion isn't feeling sorry for people. That's called pity. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Compassion isn't. It, compassion it even isn't. I know it's popular Sympathy and or empathy. Mm-hmm. We should have those things. Mm-hmm. We should have sympathy for people. Oh, I hate that. We should have empathy for people. But compassion is more. I'm so moved, I can't leave this undone.
1: Yeah, moved
0: by God. Well, not moved by God. Jesus was moved by God. But remember, in all those stories, and we'll look at it in the coming weeks, you look at those stories, and Jesus saw the multitudes, and he was moved with compassion, and then that compassion prompted him to action. And that was always the pattern in Jesus' life. That will be the pattern in our life. What's what's the pattern of the move of God? We first have to be willing to see people. look, Look at them. We have to allow what we see to motivate the love of God and bring compassion up in our heart. And then that compassion brings us to a place of action. Right? And so he saw, compassion moved, and then he prayed for them one time fed them two times healed them another time raised that widow lady's boy from the dead so the, the action may vary but you will know what to do by what you see and how compassion rises
1: yes. it's almost
0: overwhelming <laughs> it, it can be very overwhelming if we let it right And if I can and again now y'all get me all up in another message, right? So if I preach this again, y'all don't leave. Okay, so we heard that already. Right. But John, but John talked about it in his letter in 1 John chapter 3, around verse 16. He says, Hey, if you see a brother who has a need, and you have the ability to meet the need, he says, just go meet the need. Do you see how many times even we talk about that, because we hide behind how do I say this word? We hide behind um, the spectacular. And sometimes we miss the move of God in the obvious. Because <laughs> again, I love John's thing is, is he says, okay, you see somebody and you can look and with your little eyeballs, you can see they got something going on. You know what I mean? I'm going to pick on Audra and I don't mean to use other, you know, you were, you You miss this opportunity, so I'm not doing this in any way to be bad, but it's a great illustration because I've done the same thing more times than I care to admit to. But you see somebody, and you're like, man, I could pray for them. Mm -hmm. And then for whatever reason, you say, yeah, nah. And you take yourself out. But I, I say that more to, that was easy and obvious. Many times we think, think the move of God, the move of the Spirit is going to be hard and spectacular. Again, it's kind of like, you know, the who was it? it was uh, the general in the Old Testament. Was His name was Nahum? Naaman? Naaman, the general who had leprosy and he goes to Elijah because he hears the servant girl say that if you go to Elijah, he'll... And so Naaman is ready to go some great quest and adventure right <laughs> He's ready to go and do, kill kill the dragon, do something that's worthy of such a great man as he was, right? And all Elijah says, oh, and I love, even though this Elijah doesn't even come out, he sends the servant, hey, just go tell him, dunk in the Jordan seven times, he'll be all
1: right.
0: And now he's all up, well, I thought it would be some great thing, and aren't there dozens of better rivers? And again, I have been to the Jordan River, personally and Miss mary said it's a dirty creek yeah. mm. the jordan river is not spectacular at all it's it's like think when well, like, turkey creek is prettier than the jordan river <laughs> like i mean it's it's a dirty muddy rivulet of water yes. and so there's nothing spectacular about the jordan and so that's what nahum was all upset about well aren't there prettier rivers in my home country couldn't i have gone you know, to some pretty nice river <coughs> that looks good. And then finally, the little servant goes, Well, hey, if he had asked you to do something hard, you'd have been jumping at the chance to do something hard. All he's saying is go dump seven times in this dirty creek over here. How easy is that? And the man comes up clean.
1: Yeah,
0: it's closer. It was right. But, but I sit there and say sometimes when we talk about this, let us not talk ourselves out of. The thing God wants to do because it looks so ordinary. It looks so common. It looks so obvious. Mm -hmm. Because we're in the need or the pursuit of the spectacular. Mm -hmm. But let us have our hearts persuaded where we are so persuaded in what Jesus has done and what he will do that again, if I can say it like this, and to land the plane, I want to get to a place personally where I can say, okay, I don't think about me anymore. Does that make sense? That, you know, that again, is this the analogy? Again, one of the times in Scripture given to us is about pastors. You know, is, is the analogy is always you've heard the don't muzzle the ox that treads out the corn, right? And kind of the analogy of that day was is that they could put the ox on the wheel and he could do something very common as grind corn. Right? But it was very beneficial. But the ox could just bend down and eat when he wanted. Because that's, we're the ox. <laughs> yeah. Right? And God says, hey listen, you're going you're to believe me and I'm going to send you out into the world and you're going to do some, some wonderfully, beautifully common stuff that will heal people and set people free and do so don't worry about you all you got to do is just drop oh I need some healing I'm going to just eat some corn yeah. <laughs> oh God there's a bill let me just eat some corn but I'm I'm, I, I'm not worried about do you see the I'm not worried about because there's so much that God has said he's going to take care of me mine is is Lord help me believe for others help me be strong for others help me be persuaded for others so that each and every one of us in our world can be the place where people can come and they can come. Amen? Amen. Amen. So Lord, we just love you so much. Um, Lord, help this get bigger in us. Help this uh, grow on the inside of us. Lord, we'll continually... Um, Show us how and where we need to persuade our heart further and deeper. Uh, Because, Lord, we just want to, we want to be there for others. We want to believe and share our faith toward other people. While they learn to believe. While they grow in their faith. In Jesus' name, amen.